But can I say, yeah, I'm ready to go Like weed seeds in the pot, yeah, I'm ready to grow And I don't care if the growth is fast or slow Grow my fan base, cause that's what really matters the most I see the top of y'all, swear I'm so close You ain't taking medication, let me give you a dose I am the realest in the end, that's not no quote Let's see who disagrees, raise your hand to vote Welcome to Feel the Heat, episode eight. Guess what? It's Friday. Yo, Web, you know what this means, right? What's that mean? This means we've been doing this podcast for a full month now. Are you tired yet? Nah, I don't get tired. I don't get tired. <laughs> don't say today we got you covered with the NCAA, our NFL games of the week, um, NBA news, and WNBA news. I'm your host, Dan, along with my co-host, Web. Man, y'all already know what it is. Let's get into it, man. Okay, we got some good questions that came in today. If we don't get to your questions today, catch us on Tuesday for your answer. Here at Feel the Heat, we back up our takes with facts and numbers. Everyone has an opinion, but not everyone backs it up with facts. And as Kyle always says, the facts and the numbers don't always tell the whole story. Feel free to send us your questions or topics if you'd like us to cover at anchor.fm forward slash feel the heat forward slash message again that's anchor.fm forward slash feel the heat forward slash message or find us on twitter at feel the heat underscore kw let's get into it ncaa week three is upon us and there's a potential score fest on friday between washington state and houston and that's an sec matchup between florida and kentucky and the pittsburgh and penn state and the Iowa and Iowa State rivalry games. And there's a chance that, it, that an improved Virginia squad to take on a shaky and not impressive Florida State team. Here at Field of Heat, we have selected our games of the week, and we'll start off with number nine, Florida at Kentucky. Come on and talk to me, Kyle. Uh, honestly, I've been saying it before. I said it when Florida had their first game. I am a Felipe Franks fan, even though I, he's not a five-star quarterback. But he's still, I think he's really good. Um, he's 6-0, 69% completion percentage, and his touchdown to interception ratio is 12 to 2. So I bet on him. Uh, and like we seen in, in uh, week one, Florida's pass rush is honestly scary. I mean, they're first in the country for sacks, and they have 26 tackles for loss. I mean, I'm not expecting this to be their best performance of the season, but it's at Kentucky. I mean, I'm not expecting them. I'm not expecting it to be their best performance because it's at Kentucky is what I'm trying to say. But I'm going to take Florida all day. I'm with you. I'm going to take the Gators as well. Last year, Kentucky beat the Gators for the first time in like 30-something years. Um, They've been getting whooped by the Gators. So it was about time they actually beat the Gators. But here it is. As Webb has said, the Gators are more physical, they're faster, they're stronger, their defensive line is very dominant, and I believe the Gators are going to get um, in the backfield often for for the Kentucky Wildcats and disrupt plays, making Kentucky's offense uncomfortable. Uh, I think the Gators will win. I think they'll win by 10. That's my take there. Moving on to Arizona State at number 18, Michigan State. I already know who you got, but let me hear it. Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you why I'm not going to take Arizona State. They're starting a freshman quarterback. And honestly, Michigan, I've never worried about Michigan State's defense, but scoring is an issue for them. 
but they look better this year. I mean, in 2018, they were they were put 18 points per game, 18 points per game. Gosh, can't even talk. And 342 yards per game. This year, their points per game obviously jumped to 39 in their in their yards per game at 442. So, I'm going to take Michigan State even though Arizona State pulled off an upset last year, I think is too strong this year. They've led they led the Big Ten last year in every defensive category that honestly mattered. Every every defensive category that really mattered. So I'm taking Michigan State all day. I'm rolling with you. Seems like we're agreeing this week so far, but we haven't even got to the NFL and we'll see where we go from there. But I'll tell you why I like Michigan State. As you said, Arizona State is starting a freshman quarterback. He's pretty good, but Michigan State's defense is better. I think that Michigan State is trying to prove that they, too, belong in the talks of winning the Big Ten championship. Let's not act like for a couple years they didn't dominate the Big Ten while Michigan was in the slumps. Um, And they also beat Ohio State um, a couple of those years. So their defense is playing very well, like you said. Their offense is clicking, but it's not really putting up a lot of points. But I think the defense will create a lot of pressure on Arizona State where the offense can get their mojo going. You agree? Yeah, totally. And you also take into consideration that um, first week, I believe Michigan State played Arizona, and they held them to negative 73 yards in rushing. Like, come on. This defense is crazy right now. They're going nuts. And, yeah, they they played Western Michigan last year, so you can say, well, they haven't really played anybody. But in everyone's defense, no one has really played anybody. We're just now getting into um, conference play. So we'll see how this works out for Michigan State at and Arizona State comes in there. They're going to try to knock them off, but I don't think Arizona uh, State picks up that upset. Jay from Jacksonville says, are there any college games this week that you think have a potential upset? And my potential upset game will be the game tonight. We have um, Washington State at Houston. And I think tonight Houston could pull off the upset from their quarterback play. Their defense is going to be challenged a little bit, but they do have some key defensive players there as as well as their um, dark horse Heisman, uh, De'Aaron King, as well as their running back. So it's going to take a lot of effort, but it's not far-fetched. I really do believe that Houston could pull off that upset against Washington State. What about you? Uh, My upset is going to be Iowa State. I think Iowa State will beat Iowa. Considering Iowa's not gonna, uh, their best offensive lineman won't be playing, and you got to look at Iowa State's quarterback, Brock Purdy. I don't know if many people know him. Uh, Iowa State's won the last seven games at home, and they're eight and two with Brock Purdy at quarterback. He didn't play Iowa last year, but his numbers, uh, yards per game, four hundred eight. I mean, Iowa State's numbers, yards per game, four hundred eight. Jeez, I can't talk today. Points per game, they're putting up 30 points per game. So I think Iowa State can get it done. I mean, Iowa's ranked That's what? A strong possibility. That's a very strong possibility. I like that pick. Yeah. So I'm picking. I'm picking Iowa State to beat Iowa. And there you have it, Jay. Those are your answers for our upsets, our potential upsets this week. We will find out if I'm right tonight as Houston and Washington State have a kickoff, I believe, for um, eight 
fifteen, maybe Eastern Standard Time, at least uh, six fifteen uh, Pacific Standard Time. So we'll we'll go from there. Going into Week Two, the NFL. It started with Tampa at Carolina, and this is what we learned between these two teams. Cam looks sloppy. The boot and scooting Carolina man is not that guy no more. Ain't boot and scooting. He ain't doing all that no more. Cam, he looked sloppy. His line did not protect him. They could not establish the run game. And instead of going over the top for a QB sneak to at least tie the game and set up the extra point to win, they went with a reverse. Not trusting in Cam, which tells me that he's probably not 100% healthy like they claim he is. They had terrible coaching. The coaches, he's on the line. And the play calling was terrible as well. Um, Winston somewhat redeemed himself. He started off the game like really shaky, uh, making terrible decisions, getting sacked, not throwing down to the check down routes and trying to do the home run plays, which caused his team uh, to get to a small deficit in the first and second quarter. But he pulled himself together enough to collect the W, and that's what matters. Uh, Tampa's D looked good the whole game. And I'm not going to discredit them against Carolina, but I'm just not sure if Tampa's D was really that good or was the the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton and company that bad. I feel like that. I feel, Didn't they have a, a weather delay? I feel like that kind of threw things off a little bit. But I never expected Cam to come in this year and just go off. I mean, he was coming off a, sho- a shoulder surgery. And honestly... I've never been sold on Jameis Winston. Even at even at Florida State, I was never sold on him. I, I honestly, I always thought uh, he was suspect. But that's just my opinion. I tell you what, he was a suspect at stealing crabs. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and move forward. Chargers tight end, Hunter Henry is out again. With a fractured knee, out six to eight weeks. When healthy, should they look to move him? Yes or no? Uh, I think yes. I mean, he was all he was an All American at Arkansas, but last year he was out what the entire year until like the very end of the season, which he only barely played. And yeah, I think he played like fourteen snaps that whole year last season. Yeah, now after week one. For week two, he's out for six to eight weeks. Come on, man. Now that now the Chargers have to really lean on Keenan Allen, who last year only had six touchdowns. So I think they need to look to move him. I think that you may be right, but it all depends on what they can get back for him. Like right now, a draft pick and a wide receiver is a good um, trade for him. The wide receiver does not have to be top-notch, but just needs to be someone to compliment Keelan Allen. Being that Mike Williams is hurt, he's not injured, but he's he's hurt, so he's not going to be 100%. Or maybe you go get a draft pick and, you know, another tight end. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I think that it's time to move on from him. He hasn't played over 30 snaps in, in two years, so... It's just a waste of investment at this time. He's he's not healthy. He can't help the team benefit. And you're just wasting money on him at this point. I mean, on the upside, Austin Eckler is doing a phenomenal job to me. Absolutely. With, uh, with the absence of uh, 
Jeez, man, my mind's going blank. Melvin Gordon. Yeah, with Melvin Gordon uh, being gone. So I think the Chargers are all right, but I think they need to look to move Henry. At least, at least get a draft pick. At least get a draft pick. But you have to think who's willing to take a risk on him as well. I mean, the Dolphins. <laughs> the Dolphins. Well, I mean, if they want to continue to tank, this will be a good person to bring on. And it seems that's what that's the way it's going to be this season for the Dolphins. I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick says he want out, and the Dolphins said they're giving him permission to look for possible trade offers. Yes, and whilst while they're doing that, they're also not making any calls for him. He has to do all the work, him and his agent themselves, and then they'll decide if they want it. And the, and whatever they trade for, whatever player that they come up with, also has to include a first round pick, which is only fair because he's a second year player and he was a first round pick. So understood. Right. In other news, the Raiders lost their rookie safety, Jonathan Abrams, to a torn rotator cuff. This will definitely um, be a test to the strength of their defense. Uh, he had five tackles and a pass breakup in his rookie debut with the Raiders. And for the Raiders, it's just simply the next man up. You're facing the Chiefs this week. They have a very explosive offense. You're going to be tested um, from the defensive line, your linebackers to your, your DBs. So many prayers to Jonathan Abrams. Hope he returns back in full strength next season. That's a, that's a big loss on the defensive side of the ball to me for the Raiders. I mean, Jonathan, Jonathan Abram, he really welcomes contact he's he's a he's a reliable tackler and I just it's sad I, I was really looking forward to seeing him play this season but this is just a setback that the Raiders really didn't need especially after losing AB like what else can go wrong I mean John Gruden is looking worse and worse after every week goes on for trading Khalil Mack I mean it's not paying off at all it has not, but um, hopefully for John Gruden's sake and for the Raiders Nation, they can somehow find a way to get a dub this weekend. And maybe if you get about two or three, you get the atmosphere and the environment and the vision in that whole team in that locker room, the chemistry to change. But it's going to be a difficult task for the Raiders. It's not going to be easy going into Kansas City to beat the Chiefs. I mean, but the Chiefs' defense is suspect. And Tyreek Hill's hurt, isn't he? He's out. He's out, He's out yes. So, I mean, who knows what will happen? Who knows what could happen? But with Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, they have other weapons. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be a tough game. I think that the... the Raiders offense will get off. I mean, they have Tyrell Williams, Darren Waller, J- uh, Josh Jacobs. Derek Carr looked great last week. Hopefully that he can continue that play. Um, but the test, like you said, will come on the defensive side of the ball because the Chiefs do have so many offensive weapons. Right. Alex from Vegas says, Dan Webb, who are you picking to win the Super Bowl? I mean, I feel like it would be, at this point, it would be almost blasphemous to say anybody else other than the New England Patriots, considering they just got Antonio Brown. And to be honest, they really didn't need him to even win a Super Bowl at that. So 
I'm going to go with the Patriots. Obviously, Alex, the easy choice is to go ahead and pick the Patriots to win. But just for excitement, just for talk, just to get you guys going today and get you guys upset, uh, especially those in the NFC, I'm going to go ahead and and pick a very um, good team, but I'm not sure if they'll be there. The Cowboys. I'm going to go ahead and say the Cowboys, just to get you guys riled up. Oh. They have a really good team. They have a really good defense. They have more offensive weapons they had they have this year than they've had in the previous years, and we'll see how they capitalize on that. I like the Cowboys. I think they are one of the most athletic teams out there, um, but it also comes down to consistency play from Dak Prescott because Zeke is not going to be able to do it by himself. Exactly. And also, like you said, they have so much talent. Can I don't think Jason Garrett can coach them to a Super Bowl, to be honest. I just I don't think so. I don't think he can do it. I mean, how many more years um, does this guy get to stay as the coach oh, with having? On. They're letting him go after this year. This uh, I believe I believe the Cowboys said they're not renewing his contract. So I believe that yeah. last year. I mean, if I'm wrong, I apologize, but I believe this is his last year because they're not going to renew his contract. I know they're not renewing his contract. Yeah, he's going to have to do something miraculous, like win a Super Bowl. That's why I said I will pick them. It would be easy to pick the Patriots or the Saints, but I'm just going to go out there and pick someone who we haven't seen. I mean, let's let's see what the Cowboys do. They might go out here and, and lose to the to the Redskins this week. We don't know. So let's, you can't, you can't let's see how the season goes. Also, you can't sleep on the Rams. They just got Eric Weddle, and they're they're still knocking on the door. And I'm looking forward to that matchup between the Saints and the Rams this week. I'm really looking forward to that because we might see them later in the playoffs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm not sleeping on the Rams either. Like you said, they have the addition of Eric Weddle. Cooper Cup is back, which the, which the Saints did not see Cooper Cup in that playoff game last year in an NFC playoff championship game. Also, they have the addition of Clay Matthews at linebacker, so they're stacked all around. And Todd, um, I think and Todd Gurley's healthy. Todd Gurley is healthy, and I know that people are going to say, "Oh, well, he didn't do that good that um, last week." But if you look at the film, you see where the Saints, or excuse me, the Rams' game plan was to be more aggressive in the passing game more than the run game. I mean, um, what's his name, Marlon Marlon Brown? They're going to say, "Well, he had a better game." Uh, than Ty Gurley, but when Ty Gurley was out and they ran those short routes for, you know, a five-yard, ten-yard touchdown, Marlon Brown was in. But Ty Gurley did what he had to. I went back and watched some film, and I seen at least, at least ten plays where Ty Gurley was wide open in the flats, and there was no one near him where he would have had a big, big game. But Jared Goff was looking uh, downfield to Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cups and Robert Woods. So we will see how they adjust their game plan for this um, Sunday's game versus the Saints. All right, it's time for us to go ahead and pick our games of the week according to divisions. So we'll start here off first with the AFC East, the Browns versus the Jets Monday Night Football. Who are you taking? I'm taking the Browns. I mean, they had a they got shocked playing the Titans. I think Baker Mayfield will adjust. I think Odell will adjust and Sam Darnold is out with mono. 
That's a big loss. You know he's been kissing the wrong woman. You can get you get mono <laughs> from just more than that. You can get mono from sharing drinks with people, that type of stuff too. So I mean, yeah, I, I see the jokes online, but there's more than one way to get mono. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah, I'm rolling with the Browns too. Uh, the chips are really stacked in the Browns' favor. I don't see why the Browns don't get their first W on Monday night. In the AFC West, this is a divisional matchup. The Raiders at the Chiefs. Who you rolling with? I mean, I got to take the Chiefs. Their offense is just too overwhelming, even without Tyreek Hill. And the Raiders, as we said earlier, the Raiders lost Jonathan Abram. That's a huge loss on defense. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I'm rolling with the Chiefs as well. Um, I think the Raiders could have the potential to play a really good game, but the high-powered offense of the Chiefs, like you said, gives them the edge. In the AFC North, we have the Cardinals at the Ravens. This is a tough one, but looking at how Marquise Brown played last week, I'm going to go with the Ravens. I mean, the Cardinals, I don't think they're out of it. I think Kyler Murray is underrated, and I think He's got wheels. He's got a strong arm for how small he is. But I'm going to have to go with the Ravens on this one. Lamar Jackson is was playing out of his mind last week. So how can you not take the Ravens? I'm rolling with the Ravens as well. I think Lamar Jackson is going to have another great week. Um, so, yeah, I got the Ravens. In the AFC South, this is a divisional matchup. You got the Texans versus the Jags. Who you got? Um... I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Jaguars just because I love their defense. I love Jalen Ramsey. I like their pass rush. The Texans offensive line is weak. So I think that's gonna be the real difference. So I'm gonna go with the Jags. Even though even though they lost their quarterback, I still I still think the Jags can pull it out. I really do. But Deshaun Watson is all world, but if they can put pressure on them, I think I think the uh, I think they can get it done. I mean, you, you could say they could put pressure on them. Um, you know, they can get the job done. But let's remember last week on Monday, the Saints did get pressure on him. He got the job done. He made the game-winning drive, and then what happened? Drew Brees came back um, to make his game-winning drive. So. Unfortunately for the Jags, they don't have that guy to give them a game-winning drive. We don't know yet anyways, but I'm going to roll with the Texans. Um, I like Deshaun Watson. I, I like Hopkins. And uh, the the addition of Kenny Stills had, was great for them, too, as he had a 40-yard touchdown on that game-winning drive. So we'll see how that game goes. I think that's going to be an exciting game to see as well. In the NFC East, we got the Cowboys at the Redskins. Cowboys all day. I mean, if you wanted if you wanted to say something positive about the Redskins, I mean Case Keenum looked he looked good last week. Uh Terry McLaurin, I think that's his I think that's how you say it. Week one, he had five receptions, 125 yards and a touchdown. So I'm obviously gonna have my eye on him too. But the Cowboys are too strong on offense, too strong on defense. I, I gotta go with the Cowboys. You said it, and I'm with the Cowboys as well. In it. This is really the ultimate game of the week right here. Rams versus the Saints. Honestly, you can't go wrong either way. But 
I like Ty Gurley. I like Jared Goff. Cooper Cup's back. They got Eric Weddle. I think I don't know if they're. I don't know if he's gonna play. They said he might play. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Rams. I'm, I'm gonna ride with the Rams. Aaron Donald on the line is. I'm gonna go with the Rams. I'm wrong with the Rams. You said. Definitely want revenge for their loss in the conference championship last year, but the defense is better than the Saints' defense. And um, pressure that the Texans were able to put on Breeze. Now, will do the same, but do it better. So, yep, I'm going with the Rams. And that's North Packers versus the Vikings. I'm going to go with the Vikings simply because of their defense. However, Kirk Cousins, he he looked good, but I'm still not sold on him yet, considering how he played all last year. But I think the defense are gonna hold the Packers for the Vikings, so I'm gonna take the Vikings. I'm rolling with the well, everything you said. Yep, seems like we're agreeing so far, except on that Rams Texans game. See how this goes out. And last but not least, in the NFC South, we have the Texans and the Eagles. Mm. I'm going to go with the Falcons. They just came off a huge loss, so they really have something to prove this week. I mean, Deshaun Jackson had a, had a big week last week. What do you have, two touchdowns? Uh, two of them were over 50 yards. Was it? Was both touchdowns over 50 yards? I believe at least one of them were. I know that for sure. I, think, I believe both of them were like 40 yards. One was like a 40-yarder. One was like 55 yards, I believe. But I'm going to go with the Falcons. I feel like they have more to prove this week. I feel like they're going to come back better, come back stronger, and make a statement. Absolutely. I think the Falcons look to redeem themselves from a terrible game against the Vikings. I think Matt Ryan looks to redeem himself. He looks to feed Julio Jones more. Um, last week, they just looked like they were out of place, out of sync. But the, the Falcons will use uh, Trufant and um, Neil to slow down the passing attack from – Deshaun Watson and, and Carson Wentz and company. So Deshaun I got the Falcons. Yes, Deshaun Jackson, excuse me. Yeah. Um, we'll go from there. NFC South, that's the wrap for our picks for the games of the week. We're going to go ahead and move on to the NBA. Let us know what you thought about those picks. Um, like I said, you can always hit us up, send in your questions. You know the link, anchor.fm forward slash fill the heat forward slash message. Got to get ready to get up out of here soon. So we're going to go ahead and jump into the NBA and our thoughts on Kevin Durant's quote. He says, I've never choked. I will always shoot the ball. Choking is not shooting the ball. If I miss it, it's not my fault. It's the environment or someone else's fault. What's your thoughts on that? I don't I don't agree with him. I feel like if you shoot the ball and you miss, it's your fault if you lost because of that. I mean... Shooting the ball, not shooting the ball is bad. It's, it could go either way, but I just feel, I just feel different about this. Like, especially, didn't he blow a three, who did he blow a 3-1 lead to when he was on OKC? Golden State in 2016. Yeah, that, that sounds like a choke to me. I mean, unless I'm just wrong, but he said he never choked. And... It's not his fault if he misses. I I think it is his fault. I don't agree with Kevin Durant. 
I mean, even if you take a high percentage shot and you miss, it's your fault. That's all it is. You choked. You took a high percentage shot, something that you're known to make, and you choked. And a, a lot of athletes and basketball players do that. So I don't know what he's thinking. I think he's trying to bring more uh, publicity to himself because he's not really going to be in the spotlight being that he's going to be out probably all of this upcoming season and he's feeling bored because the reports are not on him. Everybody's still talking about what they're doing in Golden State, what they're doing in L.A., you know, um, what Boston is doing. So I think it's more publicity stunt than anything. Uh, Joe Johnson signs with the Pistons, and here's my thoughts. I think, like, why? Okay, they just need to go ahead and sign Melo. That's what I think. While they're at it, while they're trying to revive people's career at the end of their the, their career, they just go ahead and sign Melo. I mean, they're forever signing players it's at the end of their careers. They're forever missing the right draft pick. The whole front office needs to go. Because in the last 15 years since they won that championship in 2004, they haven't gotten it right. They got AI at the end of his career, and all he did was spend all his time in a the casino. They had McGrady, who was always hurt. They had Josh Smith, who was a bum when he came to the Pistons. And then he was still on their payroll. He still might even be on their payroll. And now they got D. Rose, who's one injury away from retiring. And then they picked up Michael Beasley. I mean, yet I know they waived him, but they still signed him. So it's like, I don't know what the Pistons are really doing, and I don't like the pickup. I mean... To add on to what you said, I agree with you, but I feel like I feel like Derrick Rose was a good pickup. I mean, I think he complements their offense, but last year, D. Rose showed some potential that his career really wasn't over. And like Blake Griffin, like Blake Griffin, for example, when he left the Clippers... It looked like his career was over. He looked washed. Then he comes to Detroit, and Blake looks great, to be honest, to me. That's just my opinion, though. I think the Pistons really revived Blake Griffin's career. And they they may have, but, I mean, we all know D. Rose, once he gets hurt, his knee or his ankle again, he's done. And that was, hope. that was my whole point. So, moving forward, the Clippers are either going to sign Iman Shumpert or Carmelo Anthony. Who should they sign? I don't think the Clippers are, are going to lack on a defensive end because they have great defensive pieces with uh, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Patrick Beverly, and it's going to be more on the offensive side that they um, they need help with. So the better signing would be Melo, but they really need to be concerned with their big man. They need to be concerned about getting a big man. I mean, personally, I don't feel like they need help on offense or defense. But if you're going to sign Amon Shumpert, I mean, what does he really do for your offense or defense? They don't need him. Do they? I mean, they don't need him. I feel like signing Carm. I I just want them. I just want somebody to sign Carmelo. They don't need Amon Shumpert. So why not sign Carmelo? We'll see what they decide to do. They might not sign either or, but we will see. Team USA lost back-to-back matches to France and Serbia, so it's just sad and embarrassing. But I don't think anyone really bought into the idea of them really winning the gold. Like I said in the last episode, they have no superstars, and they never really had an X X factor either. So, you know, maybe in the Olympics we can bounce back. I mean, if you look at their whole team, 
their whole team really doesn't have a lot of experience. I mean, who is their oldest guy? Chris Middleton? And Chris Middleton's only in his early to mid-30s. And I think it might even be Brooke Lopez might be their oldest guy. I mean, but what... Brooke Lopez isn't a huge influence on offense or defense. He's a role. He's a role player that provides a couple a couple extra points, but he's not. Brooke Lopez is not an X factor. Not at all. They, they really don't have that. It was sad to see, but like I said, maybe we can bounce back in the Olympics. But I'll go ahead and move forward so we can wrap this up. Um, the the WNBA single elimination. It's on to the next round. We have the Chicago Sky at the Las Vegas Aces, and I'm going to go with the Aces for two reasons. Asia Wilson and Liz Cambage. If you don't know them, ladies, they are definitely some ballers. Liz is averaging 15-9 and nine while shooting 50% from the field, and Asia Wilson, a second-year player, is averaging 16-7-6 and six, and is also shooting 50% from the field. And that's a dynamic duo right there. But I'm not sleeping on Chicago. They have a very athletic, high-scoring offense. Diamond Shields, the rookie, um, was phenomenal in her playoff de- debut on Wednesday, leading all scores with 25 points. On the other side of the games, we had the Seattle Storm at the L.A. Sparks. And I like L.A. They are a team full of vets that have been there and done that. They will be led by Candace Parker, Aneka Agumake, and Chelsea, uh, Chelsea Gray and Elena Beard. And both games will be played on Sunday on ESPN with the Sparks and the Storm kicking off at 12 and the Sky at Aces at 2. I mean, so that go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to ask, I was going to ask because I don't know. I don't really watch the WNBA that much. But is Brianna Stewart back? Is, is she back? Because I know she was hurt. But is she playing? Brianna Stewart is not playing. Oh, then, yeah, I'm gonna. I got. Then you gotta go with the sparks, right? You got to. But don't sleep on the Seattle Storm. Anything can happen. It's only one game, so uh, we'll see where it goes from there. As far as the show goes, that wraps us up for today. Thank you for joining the Heat. Uh, happy Friday. Hope you enjoyed the episode. In the meantime, you can always send in your questions or your topics that you would like us to cover at anchor.fm forward slash feel the heat forward slash message or you can hit us up on twitter at feel the heat underscore kw once again i'm your host day along with my co-host Webb, and here's his final words before we wrap up all i gotta say is i'm looking forward to these games i'm looking forward to these matchups and i'm looking forward to the next episode that's a, that's all i really gotta say Episode 9, we'll see you on Tuesday. Make sure you get your questions in. If we didn't answer your question, which I know there's at least two we didn't get to today, we will definitely answer on Episode 9. See you on Tuesday. Have a good weekend.